Today's Life After the Crown podcast is brought to you by Pageantology. Did you know that Pageantology is the only place where you can coach for your next pageant with not one, but two Miss USAs? Pageantology coaches Susie Castillo and Shandy Finnessy not only privately coached the last two back-to-back Miss USAs, Sarah Rose Summers and Chesley Christ, but they also had Sarah and Chesley attend their online interview intensive workshops, which helped them to gain the additional knowledge and confidence that they needed to win their state pageants and their Miss USA titles. You too can coach with Pageantology privately or attend one of their upcoming online interview intensive workshops going on throughout the year. For more information, check out pageantology.com. Hey everyone, it's Sarah Rose Summers, your Miss USA 2018, and you are listening to Life After the Crown with Kim Fialdo. Hey everybody, my name is Tim Tialdo and welcome to Season 2 of the Life After the Crown podcast. It's hard to believe we already have a year of episodes under our belt. And if you haven't had a chance to hear any of those, I do encourage you to go back and listen to them. There are many valuable interviews that you will definitely gain some wisdom from. Now for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, each episode of Life After the Crown I interview former pageant contestants and title holders and women of influence who share advice and stories on how to help you succeed in the world of pageants, but more importantly, how you can flourish in the professional world once your pageant journey comes to an end. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to download this podcast. I do value your time, and I'm glad you're here listening. So let's get started. Miss USA 2018 is... Nebraska! That is Sarah Rose Summers being crowned Miss USA 2018 in Shreveport, Louisiana. A Nebraska native, she graduated cum laude from Texas Christian University, a.k.a. TCU, in four years with two degrees while working part-time as a Pilates instructor at Tatiana and Lululemon Athletica. Following graduation, she completed her clinical rotations to become a certified child life specialist. In addition to child advocacy, she is passionate about encouraging others to have a healthy relationship with food and fitness, and she actually spoke out about body shaming during her year as Miss USA to shine a light on society's distorted ideals of beauty. She can now be found hosting events, taking a dance party cycling class, or enriching people's lives through her new podcast called More Than a Crown. Sarah Rose Summer, so honored to have you on the podcast, fresh after giving up your crown just a few weeks ago. Welcome. Thank you so much. Has it already been a few weeks? I think we're coming up on it. It's really crazy. It's been a whirlwind since then. I Reno Tahoe left the next morning and flew straight to Nebraska and then drove across the country to New York City and I'm just getting settled back in. So two weeks ago feels like yesterday, but also like so long ago, all at the same time. <laughs> I know, and the funny thing is we were both leaving, and we just happened to be on the same flight out of Reno, Tahoe, so it was uh, good to catch up at the airport as well. Absolutely. I'm so <laughs> glad. So you're just a, a, literally a few weeks removed from one of the most exciting years of your entire life. Now that you have the gift of hindsight, only a couple of weeks of it, was it everything that you hoped it would be? Well, I think that's so hard because a year ago I was just arriving actually, in Shreveport to compete as Miss Nebraska USA. And my goal was top 15. So it's not as though I was going in and planning and had the goal to win. I I truly didn't. Of course, I wanted it, but I didn't even think that it was possible. So it was never a goal I wrote down, you know, or spoke into existence. 
So therefore, I never really dreamt of what the year could possibly look like. So that's good in the fact that I didn't have a lot of expectations. I mean, I followed with USA's in the past, you know, Kyra and Deshauna and Nia and Olivia um, and Aaron, and I'd seen their years, but I never envisioned myself in, in their shoes. So it was good because I never, I didn't really have any expectations to not come to fruition in, in that way. Well, so you say that you, you really didn't believe it was possible, but I, I'm guessing <laughs> in, in the back of your mind, you know, in a very private sense, it had to be because you won. You know, you had to think somewhat that you had a chance. Right. I mean, I knew that I was worthy of it. I knew that I had a plan if I were to win as to what I wanted to do with it, you know, and I, I believe that I did as far as just being an authentic, real example of a role model for young women and also bringing light. Um, my career path of child life, but I didn't know that it was truly attainable. I mean, I wanted it. I had a plan if it were to happen, but I didn't know that it was necessarily possible. So that was one of the things that this year, after that moment happened, (laughs) um, (laughs) I really was able to talk about. So when I go to elementary schools, you know, I'm probably not going to talk to them about how I found my career. <laughs> they don't care. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to talk about body shaming praise. Hopefully that's not an issue in elementary school. So, you know, I talked about like, what's your biggest dream? And if your teacher thinks it's crazy when you draw a picture of it, or if your parents think you should be X, Y, or Z, like if no matter what your biggest dream is, seek it into existence and figure out the ways to make it happen. So I've really been able to take my own experience in that realm and encourage some little ones to do the same. Well, encourage little ones and, you know, obviously current uh, pageant contestants as well. I mean, I, you know, I talk to them all year long and they all uh-huh. are excited. You know, you're, you're now, you know, a celebrity in their minds and they idolize you in many ways. And I think, look, every woman or girl has this vision of what they hope to be or hope to accomplish with pageantry. Um, what was your motivation, I guess, when you were competing at the state level in Nebraska of what you hoped this whole thing would be? Yeah, well, when I first started competing, I was actually just 10, 10 years old in my first pageant. And at the time, I mean, going through the checkout at Target in my Papillion grocery store, if someone complimented my like big brown eyes, I would hold onto my mom's leg and like not even make eye contact. So <laughs> originally what I needed, needed out of it was some confidence and the ability to not only enter a room with confidence or enter an interview with the abilities to express myself, but for heaven's sakes to be an independent little girl. (laughs) So I definitely obtained that quickly. I know my now fiance laughs when I tell anything about how shy I was as a little girl, because now I can essentially just talk to a wall and be fine. (laughs) Um, But there was a time when I, I couldn't even accept a compliment or make eye contact. So originally I definitely needed that things I got out of it that I never expected. Obviously, an amazing platform for a whole year to be able to speak to causes that mattered to me before, whether that was child life or the balance of health and fitness or um, things that came up throughout the year that I had the opportunity to respond to as well. But I'm just so grateful, mostly for that confidence that I've gained because it's priceless. I mean, whether you're standing on a stage with 95 women from throughout the entire world, or if you're just entering a job interview, like you have to be confident in knowing who you are. And I think for me, that really clicked my sophomore year of college, 
um, when I realized that if I'm comparing myself to the girl next to me about to enter the interview for the clinical rotations that I was applying for at that time, or if I was comparing myself to, you know, my ex-boyfriend at the time's brother and their relationship, you know, hoping that ours would end up like theirs. No story is exactly the same. And so once I grasped that and I grasped that Sarah's summer story is only mine, then I was able to rock it and kind of rock that throughout throughout the year and hopefully, you know, going forward too. So, and I think a lot, a lot of girls tell me that, you know, they do this simply for the fact that they want to build confidence. And it sounds like for you, it really mm-hmm. broke you out of a shell of shyness that you had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a little turtle shell. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, as you've gone through a year of being very, very much in the public spotlight, and, you know, talking to hundreds, if not thousands of people, I think I'd love to know what you think you've learned about yourself more than anything in the past year. Oh, yeah. Well, I've definitely learned a lot about self-care and like filling your cup. And so I've learned that through a little bit when I was a student in child life, if I was like at the hospital and a patient died that day, like at the end of the day, what I was, what was I going to do to fill it up? But then this year as Miss USA, when you're traveling and definitely talk to thousands throughout the year and you're traveling fairly constantly, what, what are you going to do during those down times? Like as Sarah Rose Summers, because I can seek advice from, you know, Susie, Shandy, Nia, all those amazing women, but we're not the exact same person. So I had to kind of figure out at the end of the day or in those little moments, you know, one thing that a lot of people might be surprised to know is when you're in New York City as Miss USA, you actually have quite a bit of downtime. But when you're traveling as Miss USA, that's when it's go, go, go. And so I had to kind of figure out when I got in the car to go from point A to point B when I was traveling, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to be on my phone I wanted to be looking out the window, especially when I was in cities that I'd never been to before, to be able to really soak that up. And it's little things like that that I'm really glad that I did throughout the year. Um, And then I'd save, you know, the posting for like the end of the day or the next day. And of course, you know, triple the love, double the hate all year. If I don't post right away, some people would be upset, but you just have to figure out what's best for you, truly. And so for me, it's those little things of taking a second to stop and appreciate whether that's a new town you're in or a a small girl that was just so excited to see you in a hospital. And then her mom took me in the hallway and said, you know, that's the first time I've seen her smile in over a month. Like it's those little things that I've learned really fill my cup up so much. And so taking that a step forward after just this year is I know that I still need to be involved with children and being involved in something that brings smiles to others' faces as well because that's what fills my cup and is what I just love doing and what I know gives me the most life and joy. Well, how cool is that? I mean, I've seen it at the state level when little girls meet, you know, what they'll call a real-life Disney princess, but when Miss USA yeah. walks through the door mm-hmm. at a school, I mean, wh- how, how cool is that for you to just to experience the level of just excitement that they have to see you? It's really neat. I mean, I went back to a lot of schools in Nebraska. It spoke on the elementary and high school and high levels. And that was fabulous. It was kind of fun, you know, to see my own high school like teachers that used to teach me come out and be excited too. So it's not just kids. It's like my old <laughs> teachers that were fun and excited. But I think mostly children's hospitals just continue to have my heart. When I was five years old, I was hospitalized at Children's Omaha. 
And then I was volunteering in children's hospitals throughout my life and then decided to enter that field. So I was a student at Dallas Children's Hospital and at the Children's Hospital OU in Oklahoma City. And so I think it's just based on my time there that now I'm excited. I I was excited, as was you say, <laughs> to go kind of as that little Disney princess, you know, and bring bring smiles to their faces because that's a place where going to talk to schools is amazing and I love it. But that's normal. So these children in hospitals, they've been taken out of their normalcy and removed from their routine in a children's hospital setting, especially if they're long-term patients. And so that's always, that's where I'm most excited to be because I feel like they need the most smiles. (laughs) As they certainly do. Hey, do you remember your video they shot for you uh, when you were Nebraska leading into Miss USA last year that they played during the pageant? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Were were you backstage at rehearsals this year? Yeah. When they played your your video like 15 times straight? Over and over and over. Yes, during dress rehearsal. So yeah. they play like we call it UCAPS. It's a little video for each yep. girl that explains yep. her life or whatever. But for the top fifteen, fake top fifteen in the dress rehearsal, they played mine over and over again. And I joked. I was backstage with my manager. I said, "I want to go out on stage where Vanessa and Nick are and say hello. I think we can all recite this. Like, let's move on." <laughs> I, I think we literally had but it memorized like, by the time it was done. It was pretty funny. I know. It was good the first two times, but then I was like, okay, I could have been a little more clever. Or, you know, you start nitpicking after you hear something on repeat. (laughs) Sure. You're like, well, I could have done that differently. Well, hey, I just got a couple of more questions uh, in terms of your year as Miss USA, and then we can certainly get into, you know, where life is going from here. Um, I just got off the phone uh, just a couple hours ago. I was talking to Chesley Christ. Um, You know, Chesley and I, by the way, we know each other because I crowned her in North Carolina. So we go back about four years. And so um, obviously I'm super (laughs) excited for her and just uh, over the moon that she won. Um, But she had a question for you that she wanted me to ask. Um, I know she already talked to you about a few things, but she wanted to know what advice would you have for yourself last year at this time when you won, if you could go back and do it again? Oh, that's so good. I mean, I think there are the obvious things that happened throughout the year that I would advise myself against or give myself love and grace as to how to handle them better. But if I could go back and do it again, I think that I would, oh gosh, I'd write more thank you notes. And that's, it seems so small, but little acts like that go so far. And I tell Chesley that because I know that's something she already does. And so speaking highly and speaking of her character, I know this is not your question, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's okay. It's totally <laughs> um, okay. I gave necklaces to each of the girls and just little gifts along their last week. And I remember it was between final dress rehearsal and the show that she and Miss Kentucky and Miss Pennsylvania separately all brought me handwritten thank you notes. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I read it and it wasn't only thank you for that one thing, but it was thank you for my year. And it truly brought me to tears. So she has a talent about her that she can express passion and gratitude through a handwritten thank you note. So that's something I think she should do no matter where she's going. And whether it's a hospital, thank you for having her, whether it's Um, working with the USO, thank you for the opportunity or to the families, you know, that came out because those little things will go such a long way, long term, and it just leaves a lasting impact on those people's hearts. So that's one thing. Um, And then otherwise, I mean, lots of little things that I, I will absolutely continue to talk to her about 
her first night as Miss USA when she was in New York City. I know she posted really late and I was like, what the heck? It's like one in the morning in New York. I'm going to call her. <laughs> so I did. And we chatted real briefly about, you know, I've already said this once during the, this episode, but truly is triple the love, double the hate. And that all happens overnight. I mean, you wake up as Chesley or a Sarah Rose, and then you go to sleep as Miss USA, and then you wake up the next day and your life is never the same. And that's the same for your family, for your friends too, your closest people to you, their lives change as well. Not just in adjusting to where you're living, but in they're kind of in the spotlight also. Um, and so that's been interesting. I know my brother's gotten mailed to his office. And so I tell her about little things like that and to just prepare her family and her friends for that moment that that all kind of happens. And um, I know she's already adjusting so beautifully, but what else? What else is one thing that would be interesting for y'all to hear? We do have a Miss USA Sisterhood Journal. Do you know about this already? I didn't. It's, it's like the secret. It's like the, the book of secrets in the, in the Washington <laughs> yeah, Library. So- <laughs> we may or may not say on a public podcast that go in there you know like our favorite events from the year or our not so favorite events from the year like try to go to these maybe don't go to these <laughs> um and it's all in a notebook and i believe mia started that and so it's gone through the years from mia to olivia to Deshauna to kyra to me and then i have given that to chesley and so that's just really something special and they're there's obviously the big things, you know, taking every moment that can sound cliche, but you just really have to do those things. Sure. But then also the little things like the little quirky parts of the apartment life and um, living, a, living with a roommate, but that is an international ambassador. So she's hardly ever there, it feels like sometimes. So you almost live alone and just little things like that. You just never really know exactly what the job entails until it happens. Well, and you mentioned um, you were living with Demi Lee and then Catriona, um, you and Demi Lee. It's the year of love for you two. You both get engaged. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Have you guys kind of been able to use each other to kind of go through that process of what it's like to prepare for a wedding? Yes, it's been so funny. So we actually got really, really close. and I'm so grateful for that. It was an interesting journey for the two of us. I think once one new person just suddenly arrives in your apartment, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) she welcomed me with open arms and it was so fun, but it was a slow progress to being like best friends and being super open with each other. I'm an open book, so that just happened right away, but very different personalities. And I am honored to consider her one of my best friends. She's actually going to be in my wedding at the end of the year. And we both went dress shopping pretty much during the same month of each other and we'd show each other options. It's quite funny. Like she's kind of ended up with something that you might think I would. And then I've ended up with something she might think or vice versa, you know? And so that's been really, really fun to see. And then just little planning things like <laughs> that we've talked about over the phone that seem kind of tedious, like the guest list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, sure I know, that, I'm sure that's big for both of you. Yes, exactly. That's, it's very difficult to narrow it down, which is such a blessing because we're both so grateful and, I mean, blessed to have such fabulous support systems in our circles have absolutely grown. I think I speak for both of us during our year as Miss USA and Miss Universe. And so it's been fun. Uh, <laughs> very, very fun. And she and I are going to be roommates again at the end of this month. She's moving in here in New York with me. She is signed with IMG Models and she's going to be doing big, beautiful, amazing things. And we will live together until Connor and I get married. So you and Connor get married when? 
In October. And she and Tim get married when? I, I can't tell you that. I don't think that's public information. Oh, they haven't made it public yet. Okay, well, perhaps I'm trying to. I don't think I'm they not have. trying. I just thought I you might think, know. Yes, I do. I do know. Um, it is on my calendar, but I don't think that I am able yeah, to. Yeah, we don't want to make national news with you dropping the bomb on the podcast, so I totally Heaven, totally no. <laughs> Loyalty, uh, loyalty. I totally get it. Well, hey, I've got one more question that came this morning. So uh, a good friend of mine is a member of the national media, and she posted the question on my Instagram story. And uh, she wanted to know this because I know you dealt with it. She said, how did you remain focused after the media controversy that occurred before competing in Miss Universe? Yeah, so it it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. I Just to put things in perspective for the listeners, I mean, hope I'm sure probably everyone knows, but that's one thing I need to still work on my heart and my mind because it's surprising to me that not everyone knows. It was such a big deal in my life and in my family's life, especially during the timing of it all, that it seemed like everyone in the world knew, but that's not actually the case. So when I was in Thailand, I was having a 12 out of 10 time (laughs) um, for about a week and a half. Like I told you, I mean, I laughed so hard. (laughs) <laughs> like last the hardest I had in months with Miss Japan Yumi and Miss Great Britain Deanne and my roommate Miss Ireland um, Gigi. Like we were ready for the swimsuit competition because of the laughs that we had. Honestly, <laughs> um, I think that once we got there, we all have so much in common. Whether that was our experiences, we just had an absolute blast, kind of being there and fully there and joyful and hilarious for the first time. It wasn't all about prep, 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 cause you were already there. Mm-hmm. So I was having an amazing time and I, I was really a floater of among the groups that kind of form, you know, there's 95 women and oh, two sure. groups are going to naturally form, but I was, I was definitely a floater, like had lunch with different groups and whatnot. And then there was a Facebook or an Instagram live on one of my dear friends phones. It was Miss Columbia's phone, Valeria. And was interesting that most people don't know is that live was taken during a rehearsal and shortly before that this just speaks to the friendships and like the true sisterhood that doesn't get seen publicly valeria columbia who has like this stunning colombian walk was helping a lot of us with our turns and with our walk literally like on the side at rehearsal Mm -hmm. she was helping us improve our walks how cool is that like that's what yes but she was our like competitor, you know? And so how beautiful is that? And that's what I wish society could see. Um, and so we were all in a lighthearted state. You know, I think luncheon just happened. So in retrospect, I wish that it hadn't been discussed when it had. And I wish that my tone had been more serious because I did mean everything I sent unfor- or everything I said. Unfortunately, things were really misunderstood and misconstrued, um, whether that was because of my tone or because of translations as well. Um, in Khmer, Cambodia, um, I had said the word poor Cambodia and I meant like sympathy Cambodia. And she had never asked for that sympathy, but I, I just, as me, I was like, I cannot imagine being in a foreign country with no one else that speaks your same language. For example, like Miss Brazil speaks Portuguese, but so did Miss Angola. So she had someone there the whole time mm-hmm. and they're, official translators didn't show up until about a week into the competition. And so I just, I mean, I could not imagine being in a foreign country, not knowing the same language as anyone else. It would be, that would be very hard. And so where my heart was really pure in that live 
it was completely misconstrued and flipped upside down and parts of it were chopped out. Like that Brazil example I just gave, Mm -hmm. that's not what people saw. People saw the, the bad things, but going back to the translations, like poor Cambodia was translated into poor Cambodia, like economically, which was not what I meant. And so it was just horrible. It was awful. And this video happened on a Wednesday and the next morning I had my interview for Miss Universe and I woke up, I think I saw something on E! News and I was just in shock and in awe. And I I remember I just had to like put my phone away and go to my interview. And I I was not myself. Absolutely not. Um, I wasn't able to be. And so to your question of how did I stay focused? I think putting my phone away obviously helped. And then focusing on the good, like I think I listened to worship music before I went in, but I will say I don't get nervous before interviews. And that that's the interview I was the most nervous for. I was shaky. I felt sick, but I think it was because of the anxiety of something that I meant so purely being completely misconstrued on an international platform for heaven's sake. And so that was definitely difficult. I know that in interview, I was able to talk about the things that I cared about, but I don't know that Sarah Rose Summer is my joyful, energetic, happy self was portrayed as much as it would have otherwise. And then I drove from point A to point B from the hotel where the interviews were to the arena or the stadium or whatever you want to call it, where Miss Universe prelims were going to happen that same night. And that's when I unfortunately did open my phone. And I know my mom had been contacted by TMZ in the middle of the night. She got a phone call and I was on lots of international media outlets with horrible headlines that just in no way aligned with where my heart was. And so that was really hard. I I really relied on Francesca a lot, my Miss Australia, because she was going through the same thing. I would never wish what happened upon anyone, but I am grateful that I had a sister at the exact same time dealing with it too, because that day was my, my interview and my prelim competition. It was supposed to be like the most exciting day in your life. And it felt like everything was just like, oh my gosh, why am I here? Like, I don't, it was, it was really hard. Um, but staying focused at the end of it all, you have to, no matter if it's an international hate or if it's someone in middle school spreading a rumor about you, or if it's on social media, people that don't even know you, like you have to rely on knowing who you are and your intentions and your truth because people are going to say things about you and heck they might even believe them and that hurts and I'm definitely a people pleaser I love making people happy I think that shows with my career choice and everything but there are times when you have to take a deep breath and say I know who I am and and when that's not enough you have to call your friends and your family and have them preach to you all of the reasons why you're worthy of of love of that position Um, And so in those moments, I did that a lot. I utilized social media comment controls because that was horrible. Um, I actually gave my login to someone else, one of my dear friends that I could rely on. And she actually gave it to a lot of people so they could help, you know, kind of almost crisis management, everything that was going on at the time. And so as far as in that exact moment, tried to stay off my phone, gave my login to other people. I know one of my friends, sent me consistently. She's like, here you are on this website. I'm like, all right, I love you. Don't send me this anymore. I can't do anything about it. (laughs) And so you kind of have to throw in the towel. And then Paula and the Miss Universe organization really talked me down when I was having a panic attack. I couldn't breathe. I was crying. I could not go to rehearsal. Just couldn't believe everything that was happening. And they said, you know, you have to focus on the competition. This is what you're here for. We know your heart. We know your intentions. And 
And that was helpful. So repeating those praises to yourself, knowing at the end of the day who you are and relying on your friends and your family. And of course, for me, relying on my faith, like in those moments, oh my gosh, it was, it, I mean, it's still not for me a full peace. Like I don't have peace thinking, oh yeah, that happened and the Lord is going to use it for something. Like, mm-hmm. like what, what is he going to use that for? That's horrible. Um, I don't understand it being used for anything yet. And you may not and know heck, for a while. I might never. Exactly. Exactly. I may never know. Um, but being able to trust in, in my faith and that he has amazing plans. I mean, for heaven's sake, I'm sitting in an apartment in New York City <laughs> and I'm a Nebraska girl that never dreamt of being here. So everything's working out for good. But in those moments, I think it's lots of little things that you have to do wholeheartedly in order to stay focused and stay grounded during those those rough times. And one quick little thing I'd love to share is Steve Harvey. He got there, I think the next day, and he sought me out. He asked to speak to me. And I'm the biggest Steve Harvey fan ever. Like if somebody contacted me and was like, you need to be his <laughs> president of the fan club, I'd do it. He's such a good man. He's such a good man. He sought me out to speak to me. You know, you never ask a girl how she's doing when she's trying to hold it together. <laughs> but he did. And I lost it. You know, he spoke scripture over me and spoke like a sailor and told me, told me what he thought of watching the video and was super encouraging and, you know, really compared my situation to his when he misspoke the final winner. Well, it's so ago. funny that you say that because I was actually just thinking about that same story because he wrote it in his new book that he has out. And as you were talking yeah. about it, it's, it's pretty much exactly what he went through. He was the most, uh, I believe, clicked on hashtag in the world for 24 hours. And he had, you know, hate mm-hmm. beyond belief. And so just hearing that, I was like, you know, the fact that you two got together, that's uh, a little divine intervention, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It, it totally was. And it was beautiful. And, you know, he sought out my mom and my family to speak to. And I think that was comforting for them. And he told me about, you know, how his wife goes to the grocery store with security because people are just horrible. But it was nice in that moment to have someone say, you know, I watched it and I didn't see the malice that everyone else is looking for. And I'm just, I'm a big fan of him. I was so grateful for him in those moments. So hopefully I'm just glad I didn't crown the wrong girl. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I appreciate you being open and honest about that. I know it was a difficult situation to go through, but you know, I've talked to Nia and Olivia, especially in the last couple of months Um, And they basically say the same thing. You know, the haters follow the crown. It's not so much about you as a person. It's just that they don't like the success or whatever. But, you know, I think more importantly in what you brought up is that that tabloid media that exists, they're just looking for anything that you do wrong. They don't care that you go to the schools. They don't care that you go out and help people and bring people Mm -hmm. light and joy. They're just looking for the (laughs) one time that Sarah Rose Summer screws up and boom, we're going to jump on it. I mean, it. It must be hard to live as a public figure in a media world like that. I mean, it is hard. I had a lot of people, you know, PR all come at you and they're like, we need to do something big and great to combat this. And as much as big, great things as you do, that's not what gets covered. So just like you said, that can be hard. um, But it also has given me a lot of perspective when I'm reading headlines. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it does. Now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I read headlines differently. I want to talk about something good. You know, you mentioned in there something that you probably don't get to talk a lot about in media interviews, and that is your faith and the role it has in your life. And I'm sure it has carried you through some very tough, difficult situations this year. Can you talk about, you know, how it's kind of played a role in your life 
not only as Miss USA, but just growing up? Oh, yeah, of course. So a little bit of my testimony, I wasn't raised in necessarily a Christian home. So I gave my life to Christ when I was in college, which is really unique. I think a lot of people think college, go, you party. Um, So I really figured out all of that at the same time. And um, church hopped while I was in college, like to be able to be comfortable going somewhere on a Sunday by myself if nobody else would go with me from the Saturday night before, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I balanced a lot of that and um, grew a lot, whether that was like learning how to read the Bible. Like that's a big book with a lot of pages and you're just supposed to open it and understand what's going on. Oh, it's challenging. <laughs> so I, yeah, exactly. So I joined a lot of groups. I, found a lot of mentorship, and I'm so grateful for that because that has really brought me to a place where I am comfortable speaking about it. And I am honored to be able to be his light through the darkness and speak so open about my faith this year. And that was a lot of times when people would compliment me this year, like, thank you for being bold in your face. I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Like, that's what we're called to do. (laughs) Why would I hide it type of thing? And so it means a lot to me that people saw it and were inspired by it. And I hope that that would encourage others to do the same, because if that is your identity, ultimately, then that's what we should hold to the highest esteem in this worldly life that we're living of, like, trophies and crowns and everything. It's we're not supposed to store our treasures here. And it's been really neat whether that was having conversations with other women from around the world about their different cultures and their religions and what they were raised with, or just visiting and learning about other religions as well. When I traveled as Miss USA to um, Thailand and Cambodia and Singapore, but it's been the ultimate rock. And I think it is whether you're for me, like Sarah Rose Summers at TCU in college or Sarah Rose Summers as Miss USA throughout the year with spotlight on her. I think Second Timothy 1.7 of we are not given a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-control. That's been my go-to verse of stability this year, like preaching that over myself of whether I'm about to like step on a stage and answer an on-stage question in front of millions as this giraffe USA, I am not supposed to be fearful or timid. I'm, I've been given his power and his love. And one thing that I remember I prayed before Miss USA finals backstage with like my side of girls before the final before mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Yep. final competition started. So I'd say it was like half of us over there. Whoever wanted to join, joined. And I prayed, you know, like he already knows in that moment, a few hours before the final competition, like who's going to win? Who's going to get that crown? He knew months ago, he knew, I mean, he knows what your today, your tomorrow, your yesterday, your yours from now are. And once you pray that and seek that over yourself, then you just get a peace because then you just go get to have fun and be you because it's really already decided in his plan. So I'm really grateful and I can't imagine doing it without without my Lord this year. Well, and I, I got to tell you, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I'm number one, I feel like I'm embedded into the pageant community as one of the few males out there that actually knows <laughs> all of you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I see is that I do see and you, you see all the videos and you see the interviews and a lot of them, you know, they sneak that in there. You know, I, I pray to God. I think about God, this and that. It's nothing you ever see them run with at all. It's like, that's it. We'll leave it there. Just don't touch it. But I find that, you know, behind the scenes, it's one of those threads that's really one of the the binding elements for a lot of you girls that you you come together on is that, 
you know, backstage, you know, at the state pageants, I, I pray with all the girls. That might not be a popular thing in these the, this world today, but you know what? I don't care. And I love to see that you girls are open to sharing it, even in a, you know, a media world that, you know, finds it controversial sometimes to talk about it. Of course, that and I think it's been beautiful to have the opportunity to learn about other faiths as well and then share your own. I mean, we're obviously called to be disciples, but whether that's backstage, like asking who's comfortable to join, who wants to pray also, or who just wants to listen, you know, that's that's really neat. And in Nebraska, when I was competing, one thing that I love that the Van States do, and for those that are listening, don't know what I'm talking about, the directors from Nebraska, they call themselves the Van they do a mentor award, so not just a congeniality award, but a mentor award. So the teens vote on the Miss Contestants for being like their mentor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was always my goal because whether backstage, like somebody needed the back of their hair that looks like a rat's nest because they teased it too much fixed out, like I'll do that. Or if you need me to pray with you, whatever that is. And so um, that was always my goal. And I was honored to win that. And so I get DMs from my Nebraska teams quite often. And that's just the greatest, like, hey, join the church or join this community group or those things. And that's what it's all about is planting those seeds and then getting to watch it grow. Oh, very good. Well, I love that. Um, let's talk about your podcast. I know anybody that watched Miss USA heard you talk about your new podcast, More Than a Crown. Anybody <laughs> that was at, at the uh, uh, Reno Tahoe event certainly heard about it. Um, now, I think a lot of people that hear the word crown automatically think, oh, it's a pageant podcast by a former Miss USA. But, you know, I, I know that that's pretty much not the case. Can you explain to everybody what it is? Yeah, you know, I really wrestled with the title there for a minute. Like, what am I going to title this thing? Because I don't want it to be solely pageant um, because that's not what I feel called to do going forward. And so I thought maybe more than a crown was not right. But if people take a second to listen, it's more than the number on the scale. It's more than the number of likes on the photo, or it's more than that one client you are striving to get so hard as a, as a private wealth management consultant, or it's more than that big exam or your GPA, you know? So for me, I felt inclined to stop this podcast because after 24 years, this massive life goal came and it went. But I'm only 24 years old, so there's so much more life to live, <laughs> and I have more to offer to the world, and I have more than just that big goal of being Miss USA. There's more for me, and there's more for everyone else that's chasing a big goal. Maybe it's to run a marathon, and then it comes and it goes. I know we all hear about like the high of planning a wedding, and then it happens, and it's just over, and now what? Or having your first child. That's a little different, though, because then you end up with baby. <laughs> But you know what I mean. And so that's really what my podcast is geared to. And each episode, I'm tackling kind of a different topic based on people that have been influential in my life so that they can now share their wisdom that they've shared with me to my listeners. So I've interviewed Kristen Dalton. I've interviewed my model fit trainer, which is really unique. I've interviewed um, Haley Coldborn, of course. Um, and I've interviewed my friend who started her own boutique in hers, I think was the most inspiring to me because she was able to share to the listeners, like she's from a Southern state. She was always told she was going to go to college to get her MRS degree, you know, become a missus. And she has a great man in her life, but that's not all. She like wanted to be for her more than a CEO. So at the end of every episode, I'm kind of asking like, what are you more than? Because no matter if listeners or followers on social media are watching and they think like, oh my gosh, you've accomplished the coolest thing ever. There's got to be more for all of us. So 
that's what it's all about. And I'm really, really excited about it, excited about it and just passionate about the opportunity to keep using my voice and sharing my friends and inspirations, voices with my listeners too. So is it all female interviews? By the way, my podcast is all females. I will, I will not have a male on this interview. I've had a lot ask and I say, sorry guys, it's, it's just, it's just for women. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have men that have had crowns that want to be on it? No, but I have a lot of people contact me, for instance, on LinkedIn. You know, they just, they'll Google or, or search, you know, podcast hosts and they try to pitch themselves. And I'm like, guys, if you didn't hold a crown, then you're not going to be on. And they're like, oh, oh okay. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, my goodness. I try to stay pretty close to my niche. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so, mine is not all females. It's something that I thought about, but I get a lot of questions about my relationship with Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, And so we've shared that a bit. We've shared, we did an episode on, you know, kind of the standards that we were looking for in a significant other before we found each other and my story versus his, which by the way, completely different. I'm his first (laughs) girlfriend. Oh, nice. First ever girlfriend. First girl he's ever brought home. Yeah, I know. Beautiful. I wish I could say the same. I have lots of boyfriends. And so (laughs) that was a fun episode to kind of share with others because it's these polar opposite stories and how we're ending up together now. And keeping Christ at the center of our relationship. So it's not all females because I do believe that men have a lot to offer too. <laughs> so I, okay. I've had them on as well. Just like my personal trainer I had, he, he shares a lot of wisdom about, you know, like training for your goals. So not having like a personal trainer that is training you like a bodybuilder if you want to stand on a stage in a pageant, you know. <laughs> so it's been interesting. Yeah. And then you, you just put up a website. for So for those of you who followed you as at Miss USA, your new website is SoSarahRose.com. Talk about the site and what you want to accomplish with it. <laughs> yes. So we thought a lot about what my website should be called. You know, it could be the generic Sarah Rose Summers. But a lot of things I do, like if you follow Connor on Instagram, like yesterday I was spraying our new apartment with this bug repellent, even though we don't have <laughs> bugs. And I just, I do these weird voices and and he was like, wait, can I post this? And I said, no. And he goes, why not? It's just so you. And there are just little silly things that I do that are just so me. Um, my laugh is very telling of so Sarah Rose. And so that's why we chose that. And I have a little blog on my website about faith and fitness. And I have some beauty blogs that are going to be coming out soon. But ultimately, what's on there is how to connect with me further if you want to work together and a little bit more about me. And then I have a whole section within my about section um, that's all about resources that I've used as far as my faith goes, because I wanted to have a large tribute to that on the website. And then another fun, exciting thing that I'm doing, I have my hands on lots of projects, is I've launched a female empowerment jewelry line. And it's a soft lunch. I just have four pieces right now. I have a cross ring that I think is so delicate and beautiful and very feminine. But when you look down and you wear it, it can remind you of, for me right now, with everything that the Lord's been teaching me, like what I'm more than, you know, more than this year. And his plan is ultimately great. And it's going to, it's going to happen in his time. So that's what the cross reminds me of. But I think no matter where you are in life, a small, delicate cross on your finger, when you look down at your hands that we use so much, like our hands do everything. <laughs> and I'm not, not going to get super sappy here, but our hands right <laughs> on all of those thousands of autograph cards our hands open every door for ourselves or for others like you're using your hands all the time so that's why I wanted to have a ring and then I also did bar necklaces and I took a survey of lots of women on words that they would like 
to be used to describe women. So we ended up with, I think I had about 15 options. We ended up with brave, worthy, and empowered. And I think those are so perfect. And I gave one out to each Miss USA contestant. So all 51 girls have one and they each got them randomly assigned. And it's been really neat to see who ended up with what because we didn't get to pick it but how meaningful that word is to them. Like they're brave to be standing on a stage sharing about their assault stories. So many of those women did during prelims and I was I was blown away by that. And so people can find these on your website? Yeah, they're all on my website. All right, so <laughs> I, I've got to ask you this because I've had a bunch of formers on, uh, both state title holders, Miss USA's girls who you've looked up to in the past and who I'm sure have given Yay. you advice. And the moment and the time or the chapter that you are at in your life right now is where many of them had a moment of vulnerability and they just said, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do now. And, you know, as you <laughs> now retire as Miss USA and, you know, you, I mean, you were a child life specialist and doing all kinds of stuff before that we had seen. Do you really know what the path looks like for you or are you a normal human being like the rest of us and might just say, I don't, I don't exactly know. Oh my gosh, absolutely a normal human being like the rest of us is saying, I don't exactly know. When I was in college, I changed my major multiple times. I've never exactly known, <laughs> but I think nobody does. And so that's being real and authentic and not this fake perfect figure is we don't exactly know. And that's all right. <laughs> but I'm taking the plunge and living in New York City anyway. <laughs> well, no, you obtained two degrees in four years at TCU. Um, yeah. By the way, congratulations on that, by the way. I know that's not easy. Um, talk about what those two degrees were and why you decided to pursue those. Yeah. So originally when I went to school, I wanted to do broadcast journalism. And then I decided, you know, the social media realm is so fascinating and it's booming and it's growing and I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. So I changed my degree to strategic communication. So PR marketing, a lot of digital media with a business minor. And then I was volunteering at the local children's hospital in Fort Worth and found career of child life was volunteering within their department. I'd never known it before. So I left after I think my first day volunteering, called my parents and I called my advisor at school. And I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is my junior year of college. Like I'm not supposed to be changing my degree at this point. <laughs> and my dad said, you know what? You're so far along in your first degree, your bachelor of science and uh, strategic communication. So just finish that. And if you can get this second one and do what you think you want to do and still be done in four years then go for it. So that's what I did. And what I studied there was a lot of psychology, child psychology. Um, I researched a lot of child trauma and how that affects long term and um, medical terminology. And then I went on to finish my clinical rotations in Children's Hospital as well. So a little bit of extended schooling. So is child life specialist still on the table? I mean, is it something you might go back to in the future? I think you never say never. Um, like we just said, I don't know exactly what's, what my future holds for me right now. In this moment, like a week from now, I don't foresee myself going back to bedside care at this moment, but everything I learned through that will continue to be utilized like it was throughout my year as Miss USA. I, I do see myself going into a philanthropic program, being more of a spokeswoman for, for a nonprofit, for a foundation. I, I spoke obviously a lot this year, and that's a skill that I've absolutely developed and just comes naturally to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that side of things right now, but we'll oh, see. Very good. Well, good luck to you. Um, I have one more Thank question you. that a bunch of people asked me on Instagram this morning. I got it so many times. I was like, okay, I'll just combine oh. it all, all into one question. It's a, it's a very okay. easy question. I think you can answer. They want to know, 
Sarah, how did you stay in shape and eat healthy with such a busy travel schedule? <laughs> well, I know we already mentioned my blog on my website, so Sarah Rose, but I definitely I have a whole little blog about staying fit despite all the flights. Like, especially if when I traveled as Miss USA, as I said, that's when my schedule was so crazy. But when I was in New York, I had time to, you know, go to fun workout classes and do things that I enjoyed or work out in Central Park. How cool is that? But when I was traveling, like you eat like whatever in the airport and you go to these fancy meals and you eat all the yummy stuff. Um, and so for me, it's all about the balance. I never want to say no to, I never want to have to say no to dessert. <laughs> so I will prioritize working out. One little trick I have is I always pack my ankle weight. And that way, if I just have like 30 minutes here and there, I can do a little do a little workout in my room or if I wanted to go down to the gym, but it's hard. Like a lot of times when you travel for Miss USA or for work or whatever it may be, I only had free time like in the middle of the day. So I'd wake up and I'd have, have to be Miss USA ready for the morning. And then I'd have a break in the middle of the day. And then I'd still have a dinner and an event that night. And it's like, okay, well, I don't want to go get all sweaty in the middle of the day. And then shower and redo the glam for the nighttime. So what are you going to do here? So I would, you know, do what you can, but ultimately you have to give yourself some grace when you're really busy. And if you can't wake up early because you're exhausted, then you miss a workout that day and that's okay. Well, here, I'll tell you this. I was backstage where I was just uh, chatting with a few of the the state title holders um, after Mm -hmm. you guys had, uh, I guess you guys did a workout uh, over at the convention center or something like that. Was that the Miss contestants? The Miss contestants. They're like, yeah, Sarah, whooped our ass. Oh, good. Because the teens were dying. They, I was shocked. (laughs) I was like thinking that all these teenage girls, if I'm going to put them through, you know, a 45 minute Pilates class, they're going to hang in there because they're all, you know, track athletes and basketball players, dancers, and they're teenagers. They've got, like, they're fit, you know? Oh, my gosh. It was hilarious. I was like, get up in your plank, girl. What are you doing? Well, I, and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the fact definitely that, hung in there. I mean, the Miss, I mean, you know, I think we all saw the telecast this year. I mean, that, that group was in shape. I mean, there was a lot of really strong bodies at the Miss USA level this year. Oh, yes. And what I loved was they, you saw fit, strong women on that stage, which I loved. And I watched my mom lose 75 pounds throughout my childhood, and so finding something for me where I love, like I love teaching and taking Pilates classes. And I mean, if you watch the Miss Universe telecast, you remember Steve Harvey asking me what biking like Beyonce means. Like I love <laughs> dance party cycling <laughs> classes. So I love finding, I'm, I'm just an advocate for finding what you enjoy doing that keeps you physically fit, but it releases those endorphins. And I always end up having a better day after a fun workout. So sorry for the girls, but I'm also like, grateful that I had the time to kind of hang out with them and chat with them too. Well, I'm sure they feel the same way. All right. So <laughs> it's time for our uh, rapid fire, get rapid to know Sarah fire. Rose Summers question. Are you ready? So it's going to be 10 questions, super fast, kind of like a game yes. show. You don't have to deeply think into these and of course, just have some fun with them. So are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, what's your favorite highlight of your year as Miss USA? Ooh, ooh, traveling. Traveling. Generic. All right. Number two, <laughs> what is your current favorite song? Ooh, Forever and Always, Carrie Underwood, Crazy Dreams. Wasn't there a Forever and Always from like the 80s or am I dreaming? Oh, I mean like my Forever and Always favorite song forever is oh. Carrie Underwood's Crazy Dreams, which is from it. her like so small album. It's really old, but I love I need, it. I need to get the jargon down here. I'm sorry about that. 
<laughs> Number three, who was your idol as a little girl? Ooh. I mean, obviously my mom, but I also really admired what's well, a little girl, you know? I definitely looked up to the neighbor kids like nobody's business when I was a little girl. But then when I got a little bit older, I've really admired a lot of the title holders, of course, that have held such fabulous jobs that I've dreamt of. And Candace Cameron Bure is my number one idol. She is so inspiring from watching her on Full House when I was a little girl to seeing her speak out about her eating disorder and now being on Hallmark. I love Hallmark. So she's she has been my idol since the Full House days and still is. I love it. I love it. All right, number four. If you could compete again, would you do anything differently? Ooh. I know, that's a deep one. If I could compete in any pageant again, if it was at Miss USA, no, I, I won and I was fooling myself. If I could compete in Miss Universe, I would obviously love to change the, the <laughs> scenario so Just that I could be bit, more huh? of my happy, joyful, awake, alert self. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Number five. Outside of the moment you were crowned, was there one moment or experience in which you truly realized, I miss USA? When I went back home for my homecoming in Nebraska and I traveled to parts of the state that I'd never even been before and there were lines of people waiting for me. That's cool. That's really cool. (laughs) Number six. Favorite New York City restaurant? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) A lot to narrow down there. I can't do that. I love, I love so many things. Um, probably right, so marinara, pick, uh, pizza. Okay, marinara. marinara pizza. Marinara, marinara pizza. That's the name of the. That's the name of the restaurant. It's the name marinara pizza, and they have cauliflower crust, which is actually delightful. And if you marinara. go, you have to get the MVP. I'll remember that when I make my next trip. Perfect. Number seven is fame all it's cracked up to be. I don't know. <laughs> Still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, honest answer, though. All right, number eight. Yeah. What one thing will you now go do that you couldn't do while you were Miss USA? Get married! That's that's actually a perfect answer. Very good. Well, <laughs> we're excited to watch all that unfold on social media, by the way. Me too. Thank all right, you. Number nine. Name one bucket list item that you still want to accomplish. I want to travel to every continent, but I think even bigger, I want to do so and visit my sisters when I'm there. All right, last one. One word describes Sarah Rose Summers. What would it be? Bold. All right. Well, guess what? You're off the hot seat. Congratulations. You answered all 10 questions appropriately. So fun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, hey, look, I know that you are a busy woman. You've got a lot going on right now making the transition, and I really do appreciate you taking time out of your uh, schedule to to be on the podcast today. And uh, no doubt a lot of good stuff was shared here, and I I know that – you know, a lot of inspiration is going to come out of it. So thank you. I'm honored too. Thank you so much. We talked about the funny and the hard and all the in-between. So I, I loved it. Great interview. Thanks for listening to today's episode and to Sarah Rose Summers for her time. Now, if you want to follow Sarah's post Miss USA journey, uh, as we mentioned during the podcast, she has a new website, com, or you can find her podcast more than a crown on iTunes and on Instagram at more than a crown. Or you can, of course, follow her personal Instagram, if you don't already, at Sarah Rose Summers. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast, everybody. If you wouldn't mind, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, Google Play, YouTube, or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. And for weekly podcast updates, just follow me on Instagram at Tim T. Aldo. Until next time, remember the words of Proverbs 31.25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Hope you have an awesome week, everybody.